For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks in the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. Hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I know Thanksgiving for Giants fans didn't go according to plan with the Giants losing in Dallas against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Did lead it at the half. Had some opportunities in the football game, Carl, but, uh, you know, they're just not good enough to overcome certain mistakes, and they made enough mistakes to not be able to win the game. Yeah, they uh, they hung in there, Bob, and, you know, the reality is, you know, the, the team that had the healthier, better, mistake-free game won it. Um, Giants, there was a path. Uh, they just couldn't stay on it. But in looking at this game, and I got a chance to go over some plays with uh, Coach Dable yesterday, and then I looked at the entire uh, game film, there are some really encouraging uh, encouraging players as they head down the stretch. And that's what you get excited about. Um, the way that Kayvon Thibodeau played. And I, you know, I, I'm been saying he's just on the cusp, right? The impact he had on this game, people are looking at the sacks. Those sacks are going to come in bunches because right now he's being, he's very difficult to block. You can't run block him. And in the past, he's just overpowering people. So those sacks will start to come and you'll look up and he'll have two or three sacks in one game because he has put together the complete package. And, and folks, if you ever get a chance to look at an all 22 of him in Dallas and even leading up to Dallas, there is so much he's he has as a package. And they're asking him to do a lot of things, and he's doing all of them relatively well. So as they head into the playoffs, and then they get a healthy uh, counter to him on the other side, you'll start to see his dominance really become more overt right now. Um, right now, yeah. people are not seeing it, but he is he is doing a lot of a lot of stuff that shows up on the opponent's tape. Yeah, during Wink Martindale's press conference, I don't know if I think it was last week leading up to the game, or maybe it was the week before, before the Lions game. He talked about, you know, there's a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet as far as what he's doing um, on the football field. And I think the Dallas game really, I think a lot of people are starting to now take more notice, especially the football analysts sure. that exist in the Twitter space and internet space and everything else. Carl, the one thing he's got to figure out how to add to his game, though, is he's got to figure out how to act a little bit better because he gets held a lot and yeah. he's not drawn penalties. 
And um, I guess that's, I guess that's the, along with getting sacks, he's got to take maybe some acting lessons or something because yeah, he's got to be able to get these flags thrown because I mean, there was the one play where Dallas hit, I don't know. It was like a simple, I don't know. It was like an 11 yard pass play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was when the Cowboys had like a, a second and 15 or something like that. And they got a bunch of it back. I mean, he was tackled. He was literally tackled by the left tackle. Yeah. No flag. So I guess there's an art to drawing penalties too. Yeah. Well, you know, they got to give the young man some respect and the officials are not quite doing that, but he's got, again, he's got to screen uh, a lot louder. Um, You know, the mainstay for me right now, that's one. The other one is my guy, Nikki fucking (laughs) Gates, baby. (laughs) Nick Gates, if you can't get excited watching this guy play, Body slam, basically choke slammed the safety that came up in the box. Uh, he had really good pass protection. Uh, and the thing is, and it's so funny because uh, yesterday we were discussing some of the returning players. And we asked Coach Dable about Nick Gates. And he did not commit to Nick Gates being the starting center. Reason he said that is that he said he's played tackle, he's played tight end, he's played guard, he's played center. So he's valuable to them in a lot of different ways. And I don't think he wants the opponent to know exactly how they're going to use him. Is he their best center? I would say yes, but he's also their best extra offensive lineman when they need it. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Julian Love, another kid that... um, competed his ass off. But when we start to evaluate how this regime has developed players, Rodarius Williams, he they didn't draft him. He's been injured. He was third, maybe fourth, in terms of available bodies when, you know, this thing first started coming down. He has to go out there and play and did a really, really good job. And that's a credit to Jerome Henderson, who's his day-to-day coach, but to the defensive coordinator and to, you know, the entire coaching staff, the way they get players to play. Now, you know, we had some, you know, Darnay Holmes had what people would consider a rough day, but he competed his ass off against C.D. Lamb, right? So he's your slot corner. He's got, he draws the CD Lamb card because there's nobody else, right? And he competed. Like, it, it, it's not like he got run by on any of CD Lamb's catches. So you get those types of players going, and then you add the healthy bodies. And, you know, listen, I, you know, everyone knows it's no secret. I, I really like watching Micah Parsons play, and he took his victory lap on Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas didn't suck, right? And, you know, and he didn't make any excuses. At that, bring Evan Neal back, your running game starts to look a lot better. You know, it's hard when you have one starting lineman uh, of your group and then try to run the football. They, they'll get their guys back, and I think they're going to be much better. Uh, they're going to get a tight end back. So, uh Getting healthy down the stretch or getting healthier 
down the stretch and there's a playoff uh, game just, just staring you in the face, it gets you really motivated. Yeah, let's go to Darius Williams. So, you know, he was a late-round pick last year. Previous regime liked him, but, you know, he he wound up not playing great. Uh, he wound up suffering a season-ending knee injury in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fitting that his first comeback of real play was in Dallas, and he made a hell of a play in the interception. Heck of a play in the interception. And, yeah, he graded out. he graded out pretty good in the football game um you know you go back to the gates scenario remember gates got hurt last year in washington when they moved him to guard Mm -hmm. he wasn't playing center when he got hurt because they felt that he was outstanding at the guard position so he brings them a lot of versatility i think you're 100 percent right with that um you know you start getting some people back that's certainly going to help this football team but i think you're right when you think about the the job that this coaching staff has done to take, I mean, think about this. <clears throat> they had seven guys starting the other day that were either waiver claims or street free agents that weren't on the roster at the beginning of the season. And they're starting a game on Thanksgiving and they're part of a 13 to seven lead at halftime. That's with a third. A couple, yeah. That's a third of your, your, your starting players with 11 starters out in totality. And there were two defining plays that changed the entire game. Mm-hmm. And the two plays were the Giants give up a touchdown on a third and goal at the 15. And then the Giants did not execute the throw or the catch on fourth, a fourth and, one. and one. And then you had, and then you had a, the, the bad call took four more points off the board when Phillips was called for a legal man downfield on the Hodgins touchdown. So they were kind of right there. They didn't make the plays. You tip your cap to the other team, but you're right, Carl. There, there's a lot of little pieces with this team that get you fired up and at least get you fired up for the fact that down the stretch, you know that everybody's going to be prepared. Will they have enough talent to win games? Will they make mistakes? Will they make a fatal flaw in a game on special teams that hurts them? That could possibly happen, but you know that they're going to be in it because this staff has done a fantastic job with what they have to deal with. And as uh, my old coach used to say, we in the hunt. That's all you want to do. You want to be in the hunt at the end and you want to have your best player step up. Um, Darius Slayton has done nothing short of been everything they've, they've needed in the past game. He is, and I, I tweeted this out. He is an example to any young athlete to never give up on yourself. Cause that kid, he believed in himself, uh, went through a dark moment um, where wasn't necessarily wanted on the team in terms of, you know, when they looked at their wide receiver core, but he just kept working and he became their most valuable wide receiver. And justifiably, it's not like, oh, we don't have anybody else. He is their best wide receiver and he's performing like their best wide receiver. It's, you know, he can run the routes that the other guys can't. He's got the speed to uh, allow the quarterback to take a shot down the field. And then he caught the ball. So um, I am just, I, I continue to be super excited for him personally and for the team and, and having him as a, as a crucial asset to what they have. And then listen, 
They're role players. Listen, there's a different name being called at the second or third wide receiver every week, and they're doing their jobs too. So let's just, you know, they they call them Walmart wide receivers, but you know what? They're catching and they're paying dividends. Can we get 19 in the end zone at some point, though? Can we get a touchdown Listen, for Galladay? 19. targeted the other day. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's what it is. He's available. He dressed. Um, and he just have to continue to stay available. The fact that he wasn't targeted wasn't his fault. Um, they called the plays the way they called him. And we'll see. Like, I just, I just want Kenny Galladay to stay available, stay mentally available. Um, because Mar- as sure as we're having this conversation, his moment's going to come down this stretch where it's going it's to be important to this team. Do you think that I'm, – I'm thinking, Carl, obviously getting some of these reinforcements back if they're, if they're going to be able to play on, on Oh, Sunday. and when you finish, I got another one, but go ahead. Okay. We'll, um, and when we record the preview podcast later in the week, we'll have a better picture of that. But, you know, you think about the workload for Saquon Barkley and the 35 carries against Houston – and then the pounding he took against the Lions, and then the short week against the Cowboys. I would think that this mini buy for Saquon Barkley, listen, it benefits all of the players. Sure. But I would think based on his workload, if there was ever a guy that needed a mini buy for the stretch run, it would be number 26. It would be. And I again, I think he trains for all of this stuff. But like you said, uh, anytime you can get a guy that talented, fresher heading down the stretch, it just means that um, he's going to be a problem. Uh, And now here's the other thing. There was another discovery in the run game. Gary Brightwell. Yeah. I've always liked him. I think he, you know, if I had my druthers, he'd play more uh, because he can do the, he can, run the same type of plays that Saquon runs. Uh, Brita is a different style. He's a receiver and he does, he has a different role, but, um, but I think I wouldn't be afraid to call the Saquon type plays for, for um, Gary Brightwell. Others, other bright spots that I was really encouraged by. And, and I'm going to say one in a row, fellas, the off ball linebackers, um, uh, Jalen Smith, uh, Micah McFadden, um, Tay Crowder. They play the most disciplined and fundamentally sound yet very effective football game that they've played in a while. And I have, I have a love hate with these guys. I'm a fan of all of them, but I just want them to do what they did Sunday for the rest of the season. Well, isn't isn't that the art of being a successful long-time NFL player that has a long career, the ones that can rinse and repeat? Yes. And and I I just hope that when they looked at this film and Jalen Smith says, damn, I fit right in this hole, I was blocked and I still made the tackle because the defensive end and the three technique funneled everything to me, right? Or I'm in position 
I can still run around like my hair is on fire, but I'm running with purpose because I know this is where I should fit. Same with McFadden, same with Tay Crowder. If they can get that down the stretch, then you start to see, and this is, and I, I've, I've said this, this is not just limited to the Giants. The fact that the freaking Green Bay Packers gave up damn near 400 yards on the ground. <laughs> 363. Now, okay, if you, if you just want to erase uh, Jalen Hurts and just look at the running back runs, when you look at it, it's most of their damn middle linebackers out of position somewhere because either your two, your two linemen, your two down linemen are doing their job, but the linebacker is nowhere to be found. And so it's a 12, 15, 20 yard run. Right. That is what's plaguing this league right now on a lot of teams. When you see these big rushing yards is that they have these small linebackers who don't have the courage to fit in a hole. I like what I saw from this group that now I'm back in my love phase with them because <laughs> it's love. Hey, I'm a fan. I will tell you, I, I I'm critical of Tay Crowder. I'm critical of Jalen Smith, but I'm a fan because I want them to be good. Cause they got this set up, this set of skills, but they got to be able to use them the right way. And they use them. They allowed the bigs in front of them to, uh, to make the plays just by being where they were supposed to be. Like Leonard Williams, I think he may have had two tackles for loss in that game. And if you look at those tackles for loss, it's probably, I would venture to say, because an off-ball linebacker was where he was supposed to be and the ball either had to cut back or it had nowhere to go. So, again, we're, we're trying to give you on the show um, some – Great analysis from Carl, just based on your your eye. I mean, we know it's not all rosy. Like they mm-hmm. they got to they got it. Like you said, they've got to make it two in a row. Do it again this week because Washington will come in and run it right down your throat if need be. And again, we'll do a preview of that game a little bit later on this week. But there are silver linings. Like every game, there's silver linings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've certainly highlighted some of those. Any other things that from the game or from what you've seen that caused you to feel positive about something? Well, let me get this off my chest because Please how do. all of a sudden did Mike Kafka and Brian Dable's play calling become so suspect in the eyes of the fans? Oh, Wait, we, are you fucking uh, we're kidding? Getting, we're, we're getting bombarded by one Twitter person. That... Oh, Mike Kafka can't call... The fuck are you talking about? Excuse my French, but no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> they were in a game. They call plays. Let me just say, folks, they call plays based on the personnel that's available to them. And it's also based on what the defense is doing. Defenses can legislate against certain things. Your team can't hold up at certain things. And for for the for the love of Giants football, Barb, Barb loves NYG. If she want, if she has to stop saying RPO, RPO, we need more RPO. We need more. No, you don't, Barb. You need RPO when it's effective. You just right. can't run your quarterback out there and get him killed. Teams are legislating against it because you can't run the ball inside. 
Now, if you get your alignment back, all things are open. Right now, the RPO is not available as a steady dose. This is not the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones is not Jalen Hurts, right? So all mobile quarterbacks are not created equal. So uh, folks, when you start to talk about Mike Kafka and his play calling, I would venture to say that your memory is as short as can be because I don't remember him diving the ball into the line four straight times. They create a plan. That's why you're in every game. They haven't been blown out of a game. So yeah, the Lions say, one was the closest one. Yeah. I'm going to say to you, trust what you're seeing, not what you think you want to see based on a video game or some fantasy that really never even happens anyway. Everybody has this, oh, we need to score 40 more points. Look at this teams are scoring 40 points. They're coming from behind. Yeah, I mean, listen, and then it's like you get inundated with watching analysts on TV and they're talking about RPOs and blah, 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 blah. You have to have the personnel. When you're down yeah. that many offensive linemen, and by the way, for Barb and the others out there, Bellinger's injury has been a big factor. He's nasty in the run game. He's a heck of a blocker. He gives you a legitimate threat in the passing game, which then allows you to do these other things. When he's not in there, you're down a quality player. When you're missing your right tackle, when you're missing the backup, when you're missing your left guard and his backup and your center, it's a factor in all of this, in how you call a game. So you come up with a game plan that is best suited to the personnel that you have that week and you flow off that. And some mm -hmm. of the things that you did in earlier games when you were 100% healthy on your O-line were much healthier and much healthier at your tight end position and healthier at your wide receiver position when you had Sterling Shepard still or had Wondell Robinson still. Well, there, you could, there were more things you can do. You sure. don't just run plays because they're in the playbook. You have to make sure you yeah. have the personnel to do it. Yeah. So um, I, I just, it, it was just shocking that I was hearing such criticism of the offensive play calling. I'm like, do you see the personnel on the field? <sighs> like this guy is doing, he's, he's being creative with three backup offensive linemen. Um, just think about the receivers that are out. Right. You've got a guy who you just picked up off waivers from Buffalo. You got Marcus Johnson out there with all due respect. I know he's a seventh year pro, but he's been through a lot of teams. Yeah. You're just rolling guys out there and you're hoping. And then Slayton is your go-to guy. Yeah. And Richie James came up big for them. Right. Correct. Um, Guy coming off ACL injury last year that missed yes. all last year with an ACL. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, when you guys want to play um, social media, not even GM, but coordinator or coach, factor in everything, right? Factor in the personnel. Start with that before you even start put your whistle on around your neck. You go into your own virtual meeting room and say, okay, what do I have available? Before you start getting your Twitter fingers going, go look at the roster before you even watch the game 
and then watch the game with those set of eyes and tell me what could have been different or tell the, the, the social media world what could have been different. Is it such a bad call when you got a guy who you didn't even know was on the roster playing? Um, that's what you do. Like, that's my challenge. Like, I, I you know, I, I stop engaging when people start doing these things and I just kind of laugh. But I, my challenge to you guys, when you want to criticize coaching, right? Start the day with, with, with fresh eyes by looking at the roster that's taking the field. Right. Don't, don't, don't go in the, hindsight. Yeah, not as the game is unfolding and now you're railing about play calling. Well, no. Think about what you have. What you're saying is think about what you have before you go into the game and what you yeah. can and cannot do. Right. Now, I get it. Fourth and one. Bad throw by the quarterback, scream away, because I did too. Uh, catch that should have been made by an all-world running back, scream away, because I did too. Bad operation, because they had 10 guys on the field, that's a coaching thing and a player thing. Scream about that. But some of these other things you're talking about doesn't, you know, unless you can look at this thing with fresh eyes and see the roster, um, instead of just like, cap, you know, uh, Capturing a moment or a play and say, why'd they call that play? Oh, your offensive coordinator is an idiot. No, he's not. He's working with what he has. Hey, fans, basketball's back. Bet Online reminds your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, game trends. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag, join. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. You know that already. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, the, 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 the play calling thing is, it's getting old, too. It's like a couple bad plays. They don't score right away. They have a bet. And then all of a sudden the timeline just gets filled up and it's. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, just folks do. If you want to, if you want to be a caller, uh, uh, a shot caller, social media, play caller, do what the coaches do. Look at the roster, look at what you're putting on the field and then watch the game from there. And if you, you got you, some legitimate arguments, you know, have at it. But if you, you don't, you know, you know what I like about this coaching staff? And listen, we've been around a zillion coaching staffs in our lives. The one thing I like about this coaching staff is the positivity um, internally. You know, you and I have both been around coaching staffs sure. where there's injuries and there's guys out. And you get the, uh, we're going to be able to do this. We, uh, yeah. and we're done. This, that, you know, and I don't know. This guy really can't. I don't know what this guy. They don't, Dave's and his staff, they don't view it that way. It's like, okay, who do we got? All right, we don't, we don't have him, him, him. him. All right, who do we got? All right, we got, okay, we got, here's what we're going to do. And it's, that's real. Yeah. And that, that's something that is very refreshing. And I think the team feeds off. And I think that's why they're seven and four right now. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, the, the fan base, can can sense a difference even if they can't put their finger on it but 
this is this is new Giants football, folks. There's no gloom and doom in the building. And and how easy would it be? And this is how I know they are serious about the culture change and that this culture is changing. Because how easy would it be when you're a head coach walking through the door, knowing that this is your basically your honeymoon year, your, your, your get healthy, get right year, you purge, you got salary cap issues, there are every excuse built in the world. So as soon as it goes bad, you can just say, hey, look, you know, we're working with what we got. We're trying. Our guys are trying hard, right? Um, they could. They could do it, and nobody would say a word. But they know if they get into that mindset, then that's a loser's mindset. Because now it's like, okay, they're trying. My guys are trying. No, he, they don't say they're trying to win. You ever notice those type of coaches, they'll say, ah, you know, the guys fought hard. They're trying. No. This, this coaching staff, they're trying to win. So if they don't accept, well, I had five linemen out and uh, we're going to, you know, we'll go out there and try. They go out and they try to win. They have a game. They put together a winning game plan. Not one that says, well, I can't do X, Y, and Z. It's like, let's go do this. Yeah, and we've been around some coaching staffs, again, over the years, and we go back a long way. So yeah. we've known each other and been doing shows together since 1988. The Carl Banks Report brought mm -hmm. to you by Diet Coke on the old WNEWAM. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, it's almost like, hey, you know what? We fought hard. You know, we guys tried to win. They gave it their all. Like, Dave's was noticeably pissed after the game. Like, that might have been the most down upset I've seen him after any of these games because you know what? In their mind, even though they were completely undermanned, they didn't view it as undermanned. They viewed it as we got a plan to win this game. And they and had a plan. They did. And that made and so they're not in it, they're not in it to perform well and and get uh what is it called? Moral victories from the public right. or anything? Where the media or the past, you know, the proverbial past. Oh, you know, this year is a rebuild. They weren't supposed to be good anyway. They expect it to be where they are. Yes. And with every injury, with every guy going down, the the coaches that accept it and say, hey, you know, and in the back of their mind saying, well, they're not going to criticize me this year because, you know, I get a pass. Or the general manager, well, you know, I can only do what I could do. You take that mentality and it bleeds over into the year where you have expectations and you've stopped, you all automatically hit cruise control and you stop working at it. And then you try to flick the cruise control off and all of a sudden life's coming at you fast or the NFL's coming at you fast and you done lost your edge. So I love what they're doing. Anything else to get off your chest? Here? Tell a friend to tell a friend that Nikki fucking Gates is coming. There you go. We'll be back later in the week. We'll give you a full breakdown and preview of the Giants and the Washington Commanders uh, legacy game, the throwback uniforms. We'll get on all that later on in the week. So for Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.